Howdy folks, happy Monday, first weekend without the NFL, and the XFL showed up, Russ. I don't know if uh, you saw any of it. I did see former Bill draft pick Cardell Jones scrambling like his life was depending on it. Um, I, I really didn't hear any kind of uh, critique of it. Uh, did you? I, I can tell you, because when I was eating, rest, eating at a restaurant, they had it on. And so here was my take, and I watched about a quarter's worth, maybe a little more. Okay. Um, the fact that they have a three-point option for, like, the uh, the point after, like they have a two-point option and a three-point option is stupid. So we'll start with that. Um, there were some plays being run where there were, it was actually no blocking. So there was one play where everybody was lined up on the line of scrimmage as a receiver almost, and it was like, and I, I remember looking at my table saying, well, where's the blocking going to be? And the quarterback literally, when he dropped back, everybody was on him. And so he tried to dump off like a two-yard pass, and they gained like maybe a yard or they lost yardage. So that made no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, when they – and this was a Dallas game. I don't even know how it ended up. It was like 9-6 when we left. Uh, couldn't get in the end zone no matter what. I know I saw some touchdowns, but I'm sensing that – a lot of teams don't have the offense because they don't have good quarterbacks. So I think that is going to um, hurt this league. Apparently, the radio station here that I was listening to this morning for a couple minutes was ripping Jim Zorn, saying like he has no personality. And they let cameras in the locker room at halftime. So you could know what's going on at halftime. And that's kind of weird. They also, like, if a kicker missed a kick, they went right up to him and asked him about it. One guy dropped the F bomb on ABC. So that's bad. <laughs> well, that, that, that was par for the course yesterday because at the Academy Awards, I think they ran, they ran out of seven second delay when Eminem was doing Lose Yourself. So, yeah, I'm sure. That. And then the other disconcerting thing is they mic up the huddle. And the problem with that is, I don't want to know what play is coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes it more boring. I mean, the locker room stuff is nothing because we've seen on Hockey Night in Canada and them going into the locker room previous to yeah. games and watching them tape up their sticks and stuff like that. Oh, that's previous to games. This is at halftime, though. Yeah. So, I mean, usually you don't see halftime stuff or after the game stuff with the NFL until, like, inside the NFL does it, uh, like, right. a few days after. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, this league is not great. I think they had more buzz the last time. I think they'll struggle to get through this season. I don't think there'll be a second season. Was Jesse the body there? <laughs> I there was no sound, so I have no idea who's doing the games. And so, and I don't feel like I missed anything. I don't feel like I missed anything by missing most of it. I mean, that's that's the reality. Uh, just to just to touch on just to touch on this, um, and um, I've already had a few minor disagreements with people on on Twitter because of this. I, you know, I worked in the movie theater for ten years, so I like movies. I like to go see movies, and um, I saw I think I think there were nine Best Picture nominees. I saw I think five of them. Um, and, yeah, and one I didn't I didn't sit through the whole. Thing I just saw maybe half hour to forty minutes of the movie Parasite, okay. and for that for that piece of crap to win Best Picture over nineteen seventeen, and um, yeah, I wasn't as big a fan of Once 
of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I think it was a much better film than Parasite. I, 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 I you know, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor and actress all went to the favorites. The favorite for best picture was 1917 and they go with Parasite. I, I don't get it. And uh, I think they did it because they want to generate interest in the uh, out of the U.S. markets. You know, now a South Korean movie has won Best Picture, and it got a lot. It got a lot of it got a lot of plaudits, but I, I don't get it. So I the only thing I could say is I tried for about thirty minutes to actually watch the Oscars. I tried it via any kind of way possible. If you went on the ABC app. Apparently, the ABC app only showed the Oscars in like six or seven cities. That's ah. it. So, like Boston, imagine Boston, it comes up, it's not in your area. Well, <laughs> like, think about that. You're in Boston, right? So, so you're geo blocked. <laughs> right. So then you go online, can't do it. Go on YouTube, can't do it. IMDb had like live moments, but they weren't sticking with it. So after a half hour, I just dumped out of it. I was like, just forget it. It's stupid. Well, I have I have to say the 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 best moment of the Oscars was the Eminem performance of Lose Yourself, which won I'm not uh, a fan, so I wouldn't even right, right. It won best song like 18 years ago when Eight Mile was out. Right. They did some sort of vignette about music and movies being together, and then all of a sudden he comes out, you know, a 40-year-old Eminem. I I'm, I'm not sure exactly how old. Yeah, I mean, again, we remind the audience that he is no longer at the top of the hip hop field. He is like a washed up hip hop guy. Right. It's, it's right. It's like, uh, it's not karaoke, but I was gonna say it's like the greatest hits tour, Yeah. You know? but he just, he just came out with an album. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan, but I do like that song. And the funniest thing, when I post, posted a picture on, on Twitter of this was, all the white people in the crowd pretending they really like even the, oh, only, yeah, yeah, yeah. They liked it. the only one who was honest was Marty Scorsese, who was like, was yeah. ready to go to sleep. It's like, you know, it was, it was so funny. Like, and he got a standing ovation and whatever. It was just, it was just so bar yeah. bizarre. I missed, I missed all of it. I saw about 10 minutes of the red carpet and that's all I saw last night. And yes, uh, Dean in the chat does said, did, did say, uh, the in memoriam segment. And yeah, I think they missed three. They missed. I, I know. I don't. I know two. They missed Luke Perry, and they missed Tim Conway, which is unconscionable. Wow. But I they, mean, Luke Perry's a pretty big one too, in the sense that that he represented a generation, and so that you pissed off, you know, everybody who's 30, 35, 40. and yeah, Tim Conway. My God. But they did squeeze in. Kirk Douglas, who died three or four days ago, um, and you know there's there are some questionable things about his history that have come. Why don't you just consult me? I could tell him everybody who died. <laughs> where's where's your scythe? Uh, hello, hockey world. Today is Monday, February tenth, twenty twenty. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, all right, let's start with the breaking news that came out a couple hours ago. And it, I think it's fairly impactful for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have been a great story um, in terms of, you know, a team that I don't think a lot of people thought were going to be in the playoff race, and they have played great this year. As long as there's no shootout, I'll 
I'll still be here. Go. Ahead. Are you are you living in the same area? Are you living in the era area of Boston like we were living no. <laughs> in the draft for 2018? Different. 2017. Different. Um, okay, Columbus. Columbus right now is in third place in the Metro with 69 points, 30, 17, and nine, which is incredible. I think that you know uh, Tortorella has earned probably a nomination for Coach of the Year. <laughs> with the with the way this team is played, but Seth Jones is out with an ankle injury, and it, according to Aaron Port's line, it's out indefinitely, which is does not sound good. Now they have the benefit of being a couple weeks away from the deadline and a ton of cap space, but Seth Jones is arguably one of the top five, top seven, or eight defensemen in this league, and his loss will be felt. Russ, it'll be felt. Uh, they will plug a, a hole with. Gabriel Carlson. With who? They called him Gabriel Carlson. Yeah, and that's not a bad call-up because Gabriel Carlson can skate and can actually use a physical element at times. Mm -hmm. So that's not a bad plug. They'll, they'll also pick up a veteran or two at the deadline. But Elvis has five shutouts. So you know what? I don't know if this is a death blow or not. If they still continue to have one of the hottest goalies in the league, it may not matter. Yeah, that's true, and they they're playing great team defense, but they're you know they're not they're not exactly an offensive juggernaut, and and Jones and Warinsky are very important to their offense. So I mean, you know, Warinsky could take a bigger role now. They you know they can, gonna kill they can they can increase the minutes of like Savard and some of their. Yeah, other I don't think it's gonna kill them. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna hurt, but I don't think it's fatal. But let's just say I think the pressure now is on Yarmo to maybe make. If 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 he was like, I have the option of whether I want to or not, not to right. not to mess with the chemistry, um, but now I think he has to he has to add. He's close to you know I mean sixty nine points is not you know there's not a big buffer there. The second wild card is sixty seven, yeah. so you know there are a couple there are a couple uh, you know points from falling out of it. Uh, Funky, I'm getting to that right now, and yeah, keep selling. I mean, why don't you just invite Funky on the show already? Like, no, 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 sorry. No, can't do that. Um, okay, the what Funky is referring to is what Ak uh, posted on his blog today, the uh, extension of Darnell Nurse in Edmonton. I don't think this is good news for Edmonton. It's a two-year bridge. Oh, and, that's not good news. Yeah, it's a two-year bridge at $5.6 million. So they so – they we, remember we said it was going to be more than five. Right. They walked him to unrestricted free agency. And I'm telling you right now, folks, the Edmonton Oilers are going to rue the day that they signed this contract because yeah. he's going to expect eight, eight and a half million. Based on the way he's played the last couple of years, he's, an, he's now offensive, you know, 35 to 40 points. Uh, he's a tough defenseman. Um, he's going to expect to get paid. And with the, you know, 25 or 22 million that they're paying, I think it's 20, yeah, 21 million that they're paying to McDavid and Dreisaitl. They don't have a lot of cap space to move around here. That's one quarter of their cap. So wow. I, I think, Russ, this is walking Darnell Nurse to unrestricted free agency. So enjoy it while it lasts, Edmonton. Yeah, no question. I mean, I told you if he called Uncle Donovan and asked his opinion, he would go tell him to get the highest he could on a, on a short-term deal. And he did that. I'm sure Edmonton tried to sign him to a long-term deal. And I'm sure he asked for top of the market money, which he's well, going to do, which he's going to do on his next contract now. Well, this is, this is the situation the way I was explained. They're in cap jail for next year. 
after next year, it loosens up a little bit because some of the contracts, like, I mean, this is the thing. Some of the contracts fall off. Like I think Nugent Hopkins is up after next year. I'm just checking right now, but okay. But they don't have a replacement for him. That's right. They they will want to resign. They will want to resign him. Now he, yeah, $6 million next year. And then he's a UFA. Alex chase, chase on two and a 2.15 million. Then he's a UFA. Adam Larson, 4.16, and he's a UFA. You don't think that they want to re-sign some of those guys? So that 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 uh, that space, that, what, $12 million there that's opened up, they're going to be spending that money to try to re-sign these guys. So yeah. there's no opening there. No, it's going to be a problem. Uh, this is an interesting, you know, it's an interesting dilemma. And right now they're trying to make the playoffs, so Darrell Morris is happy. But a couple of years from now, like this is this is where the Ken Holland plan is really going to have to come in and they're going to have to make it so that this team is so good yeah. in three years that Nurse won't want to leave. But I, I – Yes. Yeah. He's got McNabb blood, blood in him, and so he's going to free agency and he's going to want to get the paid the most money because that's how Uncle Donovan always was. And see, this is the thing. I I really don't care what comes out of the mouth of Darnell Nurse or his agent about saying, oh, I want to stay in Edmonton. Uh, John Tavares wanted to stay in Long Island. Where right. is he now, folks? Right. It's meaningless. It's pay me or shut the bleep up. And that's the thing. In two, you know, they can open up negotiations on a new deal uh, in July of 2021. So if they if they do that, and then all of a sudden you say, okay, well, we'll see what happens. We're not going to negotiate during the season. That's code for he's gone, folks. Let's think about this. McNabb's last contract. Now, again, it's the NFL. But when he signed that with Washington and he was clearly washed up, it was five years, $78 million. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, and I'm in, you know, I'm not saying he's going to Toronto. I'm just saying he's going to free agency. He's going to get paid. There are a ton of teams that will pay him that seven and a half, eight, eight and a half million dollars on a new deal. Edmonton probably can't, and this is okay. We need to contend the next couple years. Otherwise, Holland probably is out of it, and probably McDavid is asking to be traded if they're non-competitive uh, the next couple years. By the way, uh, McDavid, um, there was a an injury cloaked in mystery on Saturday. Supposedly, it was only a bruised knee. Uh, Dave yeah. said it was nothing serious, but the but sort of the panic. Like, it, okay, if it was just a bruised knee, then why all the cloak and dagger? Right. That, that, that's the thing that's curious. It's like, he may be fine, but the obviously the importance of, of McDavid is accentuated and illustrated by this reaction. If he's out for two weeks, this team is done. It's very possible that that could kill them. And because there were only a couple points into it, wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all. If all of a sudden that's what they say, because he either tweaked the knee head that he rehabbed or it's something else. Yeah. All right. Um, let's start with some of the games on the weekend. Um, I, I, I know that because we talked about it on off the post and, and uh, we, you know, it, it, I just have to bring it up because it went completely in the opposite direction of the way we thought. Um, we were talking about Morgan Frost getting called up by Philadelphia to play against Washington and how, you know, it didn't look good for the, for the, 
for the Flyers going into that game. Carhart no. was not available. I think Elliott started. Um, yep. they, they were weak up the middle, and then we look at the score, and it's seven two Philadelphia over Washington. That, that, that happens sometimes. It does. I mean, that was just one of those. But but I did look at Frost's numbers and everything else. I mean, he didn't have any points. He was a plus one. He didn't have a major impact, but he didn't do badly. So, but again, if he does that for two weeks, then you got to send him back down. If, if, if he gets really hot, fine, leave him. But if he does that for two weeks, you have to send him back down and let him finish the season in the AHL. And if he can make the playoffs, make the playoffs. And if not, then not. But the idea is don't do it for, for just to plug him in until the deadline because that's not going to help the kid. Right. I mean, if you're if you're if you're the Flyers and what you're saying is okay, we have we have two weeks to the deadline. Let's see if he can provide us what we're looking for before the deadline. And if he can't, then we'll go out and get that center. The problem is, is like I said, I, I've I've scoured the uh, you know the available the available rentals at the deadline, especially centers, and after Peggio. There's not much. I mean, people are talking about. Uh, I mean, people are talking about Derek Grant from Anaheim because he's got wow. 13 goals in 44 games and he's making seven hundred thousand dollars. Now he's not a top six. He's probably a fourth line center, and 13 goals out of a fourth line center is not bad. And he's a penalty killer too. But that's how bereft this market is. There's not many centers out there. Well, it's possible Ryan Strom can end up on the market. But there's no way the Flyers are trading with the Rangers are trading with the Flyers. Right. Right. And there's some speculation about Alex Kerfoot in Toronto. Um, But because he's got a long-term contract and because they're looking for, but they're looking for a top four defenseman. Right. And, you know, I I don't think Philadelphia at this point, I mean, I didn't hear good things about the way Gostaspierre played in the one game where he came back that he looked good things. He had a bad turnover. He, his shot was a little off. He was rusty. Yeah, uh, Richard in the chat. Now, Nate Nate Thompson's another name out there. Nate Thompson's a Nate Thompson's not going to do much for you. Right, right. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about Philly needing a third line center. And- no, but I'm forgetting about that for a minute. Right. I'm going to tell you that if for some reason they could get Spear playing better in the next two weeks, sure. I kind of wonder if Philly would trade Spear for Dumba. I kind of wonder about that one. Well, because because Dumba's more their type of defenseman, more physical. And Fletcher had him, and maybe they Philly has to throw him uh, another lower level prospect. Sure. I could see I could see a deal like that happening. I could. Yeah. Now um, in Buffalo on Sunday, uh, Anaheim, who had played I think three games in four nights, came in to had a three nothing lead. Uh, Sabers rallied but lost three to two. Um, if Again, it's one of these things where we're saying they're done. Now you're talking about 56 points, 11 points behind the wild card, 10 points behind third place, and they're equal in games. Buffalo's done. Um, You look at the – apparently there were some fans uh, this weekend that were protesting outside of the arena. Not a great throng of fans, but, you know, fans nonetheless – uh, it's pretty safe that there's not going to be another championship in Buffalo for at least until the next football season and probably not. So it looks like, you know, they got to put the parade plans on hold. Mm, 
Uh, well, I'll see. I'll see about that. Um, but look, hey, Buffalo. I'm not talking about Toronto. No, no, no. no. I know. I, I heard. Okay. I heard you clearly. I'm like, okay. But yeah, you know, we'll see about the Bills. But <laughs> but uh, as for the Sabers, I mean, right now this organization is in such chaos. They have seven unrestricted free agents. I think at most they probably move three or four of them before the deadline. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Shiri would attract interest. I think maybe VC, but they, I think they want to see if they can sign VC because he does play. I think he, I think they, they envision him playing on that line with Eichel and he's been playing there for a while. Uh, at least a little last little while, but the question is, on a bad year, is he going to sign like a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, or is he going to be looking for something more long-term? I don't think Buffalo is going to be interested in signing him to a two- or three-year deal based on the way he's played. But yeah. all, right now, Russ, the, the whole situation with Buffalo is, is Botterill safe? Uh, can Botterill make deals involving players like Sam Reinhart or Rista Lanen, or is he limited? Well, we're going to find out. I mean yeah. – He's not getting fired before the deadline, so we'll find out based on the conversations that we hear about and what gets done at the deadline as to what his tenure might look like down the road. Yeah. Um, couple, a couple things out there that are a little head-scratching, but I heard them – I mean, Ack reported them, and then like Darren Drager mentioned the speculation, and um, – it has to be mentioned as either to be shot down or to be considered as a possibility. Um, we know the Sharks are out of the race in the West. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that they're shopping Brendan Dillon. He's probably the highest or second highest wanted defenseman on the market, on the rental market. Melker Carlson is somebody I that I said to Russ on uh, the Off the Post show that I think would be a fit for Philadelphia as a third-line center face-off guy. But the names of Marlowe and Thornton, because they're UFA, because they're coming to the end of it, and maybe want to take one last crack at a Stanley Cup, have been out there. Uh, Drager mentioned there's speculation out there about Thornton going to Toronto, and I. This is the thing: if Thornton is going to Toronto, then I thought he wanted to go win a Stanley Cup because right now the Leafs are not the Leafs are not winning a Stanley Cup this year. The way they, I'm the, sure, Mike. Yes, I'm sure. Um, with their with their defensive problems, they're not winning a Stanley Cup. So, uh, and center is not their problem. I mean, they have enough centers. They just have to sit Freddie Gauthier, who's crap. Um, you know, they have Engvall, they have Kerfoot, who are playing the wing right now that they can play center. So, why would you go out and trade for Joe Thornton? I, I don't get it. I don't get the connection there. But let's just take it and put it out okay. through. I'm going to go with history. History tells us that the Rangers and Leafs always get guys that they wanted for years at the end of their careers. Right. They just got Spezza. So getting Thornton follows that model, regardless of what you think of it, what I think of it. It just always seems to happen. It doesn't seem to matter the regime. So I can't say it's ludicrous because I've seen it happen too many times before. Yeah, but I think it's a little different under under Dubas. It's not – if if Pat if Pat Quinn was the general manager, I think there'd be a good chance of it. He brought in Housley and Kali Johansson and Ron Francis, the guys like that at the end of their career. Um, and and honestly, Spezza was a good signing by Dubis. He you know he yeah, was I'm fine with it, but it does follow. Yeah, I, I well, I, if the, if they had a crying need for a third fourth line center, I would say okay, but I they don't. 
And, you know, I, I, I don't think they're willing to give up a draft pick for a 40 year old Joe Thornton. So I, I don't see it happening. Leo's younger than you, Mike, you say 40, like, you know, it's terrible. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a player. So it doesn't matter. You know, if they had 52 year olds in the league, then I would be saying, Hey, he's my, he's my, you know, he's my, uh, generational compatriot. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Brian, Brian Leach is another one funky and Brian, actually Brian Leach, when he got traded to the, to the, to the Leafs, he still had something left. He, he was did. Pretty- actually, he was still pretty good. There, yeah. Leach actually said the other day that if there wasn't a lockout, he would have signed with the Leafs earlier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean him and Brian McCabe played really well together. So if he'd have been there a year earlier, yeah. he would have been even better than what, what you saw. Yeah. Um, so, okay, the other rumor out there, and I, I think this borders on the ridiculous, is that the Winnipeg Jets are shopping Kyle Connor. Now, remember, Connor signed a long-term extension um, in the summer, or I think maybe it was September. I'm just looking up the, the length of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a seven-year deal at $7.1 million. Now, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking up his stats right now. And you know we know that the we know that the we know that the Jets are strong up front, um, you know, with Line A and and uh, and and Wheeler and Ealers and a number of other players, um, and we know that they need defensive help. Mm-hmm. Connor, Connor right now is averaging over a point per game. He's got 28 goals in uh, and 31 assists in 57 games. So he's on pace for 85 to 90 points. Right. Um, now the, the talk is that the, the rumored deal was him to Colorado for Bowen Byram. Yeah. Why in why in God why in God's earth would Colorado trade Bowen Byram? I don't know. Uh I don't I really don't have an answer for any of it. I don't buy it. I just yeah. don't buy it. Anything is possible in this world, but I'm not going along with it. Either way. I don't see why they would trade Byron. It's not like you could look at Colorado and say, oh, we're so stocked, stacked. Where is he going to play? Right. That's not the case. Now, you know, I don't take uh, play-by-play announcers or color commentators on broadcasts, comments after games. I don't put a lot of weight into them. They have – they're filling times, so sometimes, you know, they say something that maybe they don't actually think about. Uh. Jim Houston on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast on Saturday after Ilya Kovalchuk scored a goal to win it for the Canadians in overtime said, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, the Habs are still in the playoff race. <laughs> okay. Here, okay, here's here's where the Habs are right now. They are they've played the most games in the Eastern Conference, tied with Boston, 57 games. Um, so every team that is in front of them, Florida, 54, Philly, 55, Carolina, 55, Toronto, Columbus, 56, the Islanders, 53, all of them have between one and four games in hand. Still not impossible, Mike. It's mathematically sure. That's all all Houston's parsing. Yeah, but, but... Give me a friggin' break. Give me a friggin' break. 
if they say that the Canadians are out of it on Hockey Night in Canada, the ratings drop. Right. Right. But please, so they're going to wait until it's the absolute mathematical elimination of them to declare that. I mean, it's just it. You know, please. What's the expression? Don't don't urinate on me and tell me it's raining. Right. That's that's what that was because yeah. they're not in the race until they catch some. You know, they have they're. They have two teams in between them, and you know they're th right now they're three they're six points behind the wild card, and they're five points behind third place in the Atlantic, and everybody has games in hand. Well, so and, until I hear Hockey Night in Canada say Canadian bacon is just ham, they're clearly not going to tell the truth on this one. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, so currently. We'll just look at the look at the race in the East and the West right now. Uh, in the Atlantic, Boston has got 80 points. Tampa has 75. They're five points behind with two games in hand on the Bruins. So Tampa is applying the heat to the Bruins. Yep. Uh, Toronto is precariously in third place with 66 points with 56 games. Florida has two games in hand and is two points behind. The Leafs did not do themselves any favors on, on the weekend. They did beat Anaheim 5-4 in overtime, but blew two third-period leads. And then on Saturday, got a goal in the early in the third period from John Tavares and then did not register a shot for almost 19 minutes and allowed Montre and, uh, Montreal outshot them 16-1 to in the third, tied the game, and then won it in overtime. Uh, on an Ilya Kovalchuk goal. So the Leafs continue to shoot themselves in the foot with their third-period performances. Um, right now, apparently, flu is is rampant throughout the room. John Tavares and uh, uh, Justin Hall are were mispracticed today with the flu. Uh, Nealander has been out for a couple games with the flu. Um, that's not it's not good news for the Leafs right now. And and Russ, I'm, I, well, the flu never is, Mike. No, but 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 this is the this is the thing. This is the thing. The problems of this team are the same problems that have happened for three or four years. And Mike Babcock and now Sheldon Keefe continue to express their just their feeling of just like what does it take to get it through these guys' skulls that they have to play defense. I don't, I'm not sure either, and I think it has to do with combinations and, and things like that. I think, as you know, when they look like they're getting one step closer to solving it, they take a half a step back, and, and that's why they're sort of the team they are. I, I look at it and I say, it's going to go down to the wire. The problem is, and, I, and we saw this the other night with the Flyers fans, they beat the Capitals 7-2, but, you know, the Hurricanes win and other teams win, and you don't gain any ground. And – this time of the year, the two worst things that could happen to you is not gaining ground or going to a game in overtime against somebody who you're chasing and give up that extra point. Right. Because that's, you know, mathematically that kills you. And so luckily the Canadians are, are, are behind the Leafs, so it wasn't totally devastating. Mm -hmm. But if it was a team that was ahead of them, then it's even worse. And, again, we're going to start talking about the row in, in a month and like as an example, I looked at it, and the Flyers' row is like the worst of all the teams that are in it. And so these are things where all of a sudden they could pile up on you. But it doesn't. But again, it's a slow bleed. So it will take you know another month until we see how that's sort of shaping up. 
Yeah, and luckily they won the game against Anaheim with eight seconds left to go in overtime. So that right. goes toward that that category of regulation and yeah. overtime victories. Uh, in the Metro, Washington is leading Pittsburgh by four points, 77 to 73. Pittsburgh's got a game in hand. Uh, the aforementioned Columbus Blue Jackets are at 69 points with 56 games. The two wild cards of both uh, Metro teams, Islanders at 68. Carolina at 67. The Flyers are tied with Carolina uh, at 67, but Carolina has two more uh, victories, 32 to 30. Florida is at 64 points, so three points behind the wild card, two points behind the Leafs. Montreal is at 61, and then it drops to the Rangers at 58, who I think yeah. I think the line of demarcation right now is Montreal at 61. Yeah. I think they're they're out of it. They're the pretenders again that they were last year. Like they, you know, they took it far last year. They're going to take it not as far this year. The point total is going to look good because we have this loser point in the league, but they're not going to make the playoffs. And and that is the problem when you're like a fan and you're watching, you have to sort of look past some of these other things because you can't look at a point total anymore because mm -hmm. it's possible that 98 points won't make the playoffs this year where 96 was the mark last year and and here here's the thing with Montreal okay right now you cannot if you're Mark Berger and say I'm not gonna trade Kovalchuk because he's playing great you hit the lottery you signed him for seven hundred thousand dollars he's playing great Teams are probably interested in him in part because he's playing well. Also, he's cheap. You trade him for a second-round pick if you can get that. You 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 run away laughing that you get it, and then you re-sign him in the summer. Listen, Ilya Kovalchuk right now on this small window is playing great. Yeah. Would you be shocked if he suckered the Canadians into like a three-year deal after this? I wouldn't be. And that's maybe why he won't be on the market because maybe they'll sign a multi-year deal, two, three-year deal based off of this window. And this is something that Kovalchuk has done before. I, I think that any team that signs him for more than a one-year deal is insane. Remember, he's the 30th. Right, we're not talking about sanity, Mike. We're, we're, we're talking about these kinds of things where teams look at it and say, well, look what he's giving us. And they go into negotiations and they sign the guy. I can't say I'd be shocked if Kovalchuk's not on the market. I would not be shocked. But, I mean, right now they're saying, well, if we're still in the race, maybe we don't trade him. No, you trade him. You well, trade him. You're, not really, you're but, not really in the race. But, again, they may be giving cover to we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe they are talking contract. We don't know. Right. Yeah, and if they are, then, you know, I, I think it's stupid. You just, you just wait. Um, you just wait until – um, the off season and sign. Now you see that's the the thing for them. They shouldn't wait till the off season to sign him if they want to sign him. Because if it gets to the end of the season, then of course Kovalchuk's going to take his sweet time and talk to like six other teams. You're trying to avoid that. Yeah. Now, um, Bruce. Again, Gary I'm not in favor of it, but I'm just saying that's how it works. Right. Uh, Bruce Garriak reported uh, this morning in the Ottawa Sun that Craig Anderson, who is has a modified no trade. Now I'm, I don't know if that's yeah, he can submit that's a list of teams. 
Yeah, he can submit a ten a ten team no trade list according to Cap Friendly. Um, that he likely will stay put, and that's not, and that's not surprising because I like you said after the Jack Campbell trade, the yeah. backup the backup or veteran goalie market it's probably probably dried up. I'll tell you right now, the first guy I'm going after if if I'm a team that's looking for a veteran goaltender is Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller played. Pretty damn good against the Sabers on Sunday. If he wants to go anywhere. Yeah, if he wants to go anywhere. Now he's got like a different type of modified no trade where he has a list of six teams that he says, "Okay, I'll go to them." And if none of those right. teams are interested, then he's staying put. And I would think, you know, based on everything we've heard over the years about him, you know, with California and staying close to his wife and family, that he doesn't want to go anywhere. And I and I respect that. He's thirty nine years old. This might be the last year of his career. Maybe he signs for another year. But if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he's not going to go anywhere. So right, I do think the goalie market's about dead. I really do. Yeah, I mean, uh, but right now, right now, in terms of sellers, I think you have six teams. You know, five at the absolute worst, but six um, in the East: mm-hmm. Detroit, Ottawa, Jersey, Buffalo, Rangers, and Montreal. Um, Montreal, really, except for Kovalchuk. Doesn't have like you know they have Nate Thompson they have a couple other UFA traded, but you're not getting much right there's right unless they're trading guys like Petrie which I don't see happening. I mean, how many third and fourth round picks have been traded for Nate Thompson already? Yeah, well that's true. And yeah. but uh, you know the Rangers have a you know have Kreider and we still don't know what's well, Kreider. There's Fast. There's Ryan Strom. There's I don't think. Uh, D'Angelo, but what if all of a sudden D'Angelo got on the market with yeah. with the 13 goals he has? I don't think it's going to happen, but there, there's potential for more than a few guys to to be available for them. And maybe now we're not even going to talk to your gift. So. Yeah, Buffalo's got the seven UFAs. Uh, New Jersey's got Votnin, Simmons, uh, Green, but Green supposedly is, doesn't want to go anywhere. Being Green's not going anywhere, so forget that. Cross it uh, off. Ottawa, Ottawa has the most. You know, they've got Hainsey, they've got Ennis, they have Pajot, they have Nemestikov. They they have a number of UFAs. They they do need players to actually play, but they also have assets that teams are gonna are gonna want. Buffalo's close. They'll if they're. I mean, it doesn't matter how they end up this year. Yeah. So, you can see a bunch of those getting traded. Nemestikov does play center, so that does add something yeah. to the center market. Um. In the West, uh, in the Central, St. Louis has 73 points. Colorado has 70, has two games in hand. Dallas has 67 with 55 games played. Um, There's been a lot of talk about St. Louis and adding at the deadline, but I think the fact that Tarasenko has started to skate may have shot that uh, that idea because once he returns, then his money comes back on the cap. Right. Well, I don't know what their situation is after that, if that happens. So, you know, I, I think that probably, uh, you know, maybe they make a tinkering ad. Yeah, I, I could see a tinkering ad. Yeah. Colorado, I think, I think Colorado is going to be, Colorado is the one I think will go hot and heavy for Kreider because they have the cap space and the assets to do it. But if there's anybody out there that makes a significant amount of money uh, that a team is looking to move, co- and it fits color what Colorado is looking for. 
they have all the cap space in the world. They have the most cap space at the deadline. That yeah, they I think they're still going to bolster their defense. That game against Minnesota, Minnesota had four or five or six great scoring chances in the third period that were thwarted by Francouz, but Minnesota could have easily tied up that game. And, and Dubnik made one of the great saves of the season too himself. So I think they're going to want to tighten things up defensively. Yeah. In the Pacific, Vancouver uh, has 65 points, a precarious lead on a uh, first uh, precarious hold on first place in the Pacific. Uh, Edmonton, Vegas at 64. Edmonton has a game in hand on Vancouver. Um, Arizona, sorry, sorry, uh, Calgary at 62. I did see, I did see Mike when Vancouver went in first place. I, I saw Kirk McLean tweeted that, you know, this season's a lock. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, brother. Well, maybe it's not the Kirk McLean, a goalie. I have to go back and look at it. I'm not maybe sure. Maybe it's John McLean from, from Die Hard. Um, <laughs> where's Hans Gruber? Um, he's dead, Mike. He's dead. There you go. So is Alan he's dead, in, he's dead in in the movie world and in real life. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I like Alan Rickman. I did too. Uh, uh, Calgary has 62. Arizona has 61. Arizona has struggled, uh, and they have a difficult back-to-back uh, with Kemper still out. Um, they have a difficult back-to-back. Montreal tonight, Toronto tomorrow. Um, and I'm starting, you know, I, I don't think they're going to trade Taylor Hall, but, you know, they need to start winning and turn things around pretty quickly. Otherwise, they're going to fall out of this race. I don't think they should trade Taylor Hall. Now, if you're telling me Kempner's out for the season, then I would trade him. But if he's not, then I got to give it another go. But I did see people are starting to find the real – they're starting to see the real anti Ranta, and it is scary because he's not an everyday guy. No, he's a number. He's a one B. He is yeah. not a starter. No, Kemper Kemper has played like a starter the last couple of years. Yes, but when you have to use Ranta like that, you start to see his warts pretty quickly. Now, Winnipeg is holding the first wild card in the West at sixty three points. Um, it appears, even though it hasn't happened yet, that there is going to be the termination of Buffalo's contract before the deadline, which would open up this over $7 million in cap space for uh, the Jets. This gives Shovel Day off carte blanche to go out and maybe get a rental at, on defense to help out their, their blue line because their blue line has been shorthanded for m- most of the year. You know, guys like Morrissey and Pionk have played a ton of minutes. I think that's the way that the Jets have to go. Pionk got like his 32nd assist yesterday, man. It's crazy how good that trade has been for them and how we all undervalued it. Like that, we got to give credit there. The other thing, I watched some of that game a fair amount, and Chicago, you know, had the lead, and then Winnipeg started mounting a comeback, and Chicago defensively couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything to hold the lead. They couldn't do anything to hold Winnipeg's big bodies back. And, you know, at one point, you know, Taves got, took a penalty and got really indignant about it. And I think it's because he's frustrated. I really feel like, you know, because they're close, it's not the same as in the past when Chicago was close. So even at the end of the game, when they put Taves and Kane together, it's not the same anymore. Like, you know, I would say they, when you put them together in the past with the extra attacker on the ice, they were probably successful maybe 40%, 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's probably much lower than that. And so, you know, that's why I don't believe in Chicago. That game last night was why. Well, 
here, I mean, here's the situation that sort of messes things up in the West. You've got right now, I mean, win, okay, Winnipeg at 63, Calgary at 62. The next four teams are within four points of the wild card. Uh, Arizona 61, Nashville 59, Minnesota and Chicago 58. If that if that distance distance maintains over the next two weeks, which probably it won't, maybe one team will drop out, but it will just let's just say for argument's sakes, sake it does, then those teams are not selling. Right. Those teams might buy or might just stay where they are. And that means in the in the West, the only sellers are the California teams, Anaheim, LA, San Jose. That's it. Yeah, that's possible. And you know, I, I've 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 written on on San Jose and on LA and on Anaheim in terms of who's available. I mean, right now Alec Martinez's name seems to be out there a lot for the Kings because he's got another year left in this contract, and they and I, it, it appears that they want to cash in and move on from him. Um, you know, they already made the deal uh, with the Leafs with Clifford and Campbell. Uh, for a couple draft picks and 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 Trevor Moore, so they're mm-hmm. trying to get younger. They're trying to get cheaper. They're trying to get speedier, which is what the, where they have to do. They can't move the guys with the long term deals like Carter and Brown, right? And uh, you know, so that that's and quick. So that's out of the case. But now Cal Peterson, the the, the road has been cleared for Cal Peterson on to uh, to take over as the one B behind Quick, and maybe yep. eventually as the starter. At um, some point, if he. If he shows it, Quick's, you know, they're not pushing him out yet. No, and he, but Quick has another three or four years on his contract. San Jose, like, like we mentioned, uh, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> Brendan Dillon and it's, uh, and it's Melker Carlson. And then, you know, I, I don't, th- I don't think that Thornton and Marlowe are going anywhere, but the, but, but that chatter is still out there. If you look at the, at Anaheim, other than Miller, it's, Fourth line guys who you might be able to get higher returns on than you would think. Guys like Nick Delorier or Derek Grant. I I don't get the feel, Russ, that they're trading Josh Manson because they've traded so many defensemen over the last two or three years that I just can't see them trading another one. Yeah, I can't see him trading another one. It doesn't make sense to me at all on any level. I don't think it's happening. All right, we'll take some questions in the chat um, just while we're waiting for those questions. So you sampled Boston pizza, not the Boston pizza in Toronto. No, not that one. But, but pizza in the city of Boston. is Again, it a, for like my fourth time. Is it, is it a marginal thumbs up or thumbs down? It's just it's, – it's okay pizza. Like you're not going to say this is bad mm-hmm. and you're not going to say this is great. It's okay. And – and again, the knee-jerk reaction is, well, you didn't go to Otto's or you didn't go to the place by the airport. Here's how I judge this. And I may be different. I'm not like Guy Fieri. I'm not going to go to the best place in town. I don't have that kind of budget. I am going to go where I am around where I'm at. Right. And if it's a good pizza city, I'm going to get a good pizza. Like in Buffalo, I went to two or three places. Mm-hmm. Pizza, no problem. You know, wings for the, you know, take out the anchor bar. But you can go to wings in a lot of different places and sure. they'll be good. New York City. I could go to almost any place and the pizza's good. Long Island, same thing. Chicago, same thing. So here, it's just like I go everywhere. And unless I hit that great spot, which I'm probably going to have to wait online for, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But unless I hit that great spot, I'm getting something that's very average. Okay. Uh, still, average pizza is still good, Mike. I'll here, eat it. 
I, I, you know, I, I like, I'm a fan of pizza and next time you're in town, I'll take you to the place that I think is the best pizza in Buffalo. Oh yeah. The mob place. Yeah. I want to go there. No, 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 not the mob place. They're, oh, okay. They're, they're okay. And yeah, I'm not saying anything against you. So <laughs> don't put a hit out on me, but there's another place that's, that I think is the best. And uh, so, <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Dean Youngblood gets to something I was going to ask about. Um, on Saturday, the report came out that the IAHF and the IOC um, sort of put the onus on the NHL by saying that they will agree to you know some of the things that have been out there about insurance and about uh, you know video allowing the the league to use video from the Olympics. Right. Well, really, said it's in your that the ball is in your court now, but. What people don't realize, and we, I've been saying this for over a year, the NHL wants this as a piece for collective bargaining oh, with yeah. the PA. Now the PA is saying, well, if they if they did the, if they did this, then there's no impediment. Sure, there's an impediment. The league has to shut down for two weeks, right. and and the teams have said they don't get anything out of it. They don't get any. No, they really don't. I mean, they honestly don't. I mean, I'll go back as so far as to say TJ Oshie, who was a huge star at the time of the Olympics. What was the carryover from that? One commercial. I don't yeah. think that much more carryover, two commercials. Okay. And that was it. What was the carryover for anybody else who played in that game? Nothing. 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 Not a thing. All the all the all the risk is on the on the teams, even though there's insurance, you know, you could lose a player. And it's it's going to be one of your best players because you know team players playing for Russia or Finland or whoever yeah. are going to be the best. Well, not Russia, my or no world. This is the Olympics, so it's not Russia. It's OAR. Oh, that's that, that's true. Um, but I think also the NHL wants to tie Olympic involvement with the World Cup, and because they get revenue out of that. So right. if the PA doesn't agree to that. This still isn't happening. There this, is is no life, this is on life support because the insurance is the number one stumbling block. And unless they pay the insurance, the NHL is not doing it. Um, we're just going to take a brief progressive rock departure here because Richard has been okay. – uh, says, fun question for Yes and Genesis, Genesis fans. Thoughts on Kansas live, not uh, – not Missouri. Not Missouri. <laughs> we know where you're going on that one. Uh, okay. I was a big fan of Kansas back in the day when Steve Walsh was their singer. I have not right. seen them recently. I considered Kansas. We've had this discussion before. I've I've considered Kansas and Sticks, especially in the mid seventies, as prog as American progressive rock bands. They are. They are. Now I know that we had an argument with Eck about that. He didn't believe so, but I think they I were. I will tell you. Here's my so my Kansas is. I believe that is the first album that I owned. And and it was like a live double album, whatever they called that Kansas album. Remember that album? Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, and I would play it to death. Yeah, on my parents' stereo, and it was great. I loved it. I finally saw Kansas probably like seven to ten years ago, warming up for Yes, mm -hmm. and it was bad. The, the music was good, but the new singer they had was bad. Yeah, and so we didn't even enjoy it. So. But were they good? Yes. They were really, really good. They had their moments. Musically, they still sound pretty good. Livgren is still great on the violin. Like, he he is a prodigy. But they definitely are progressive rock. There's no question. 
El Guapo asked a question. No doubt. And Sticks is still really great. Even with the changes in the band, they've been terrific. Yeah, Larry Gowan instead of – I mean, I'm a big Dennis DeYoung fan back in the day, but I don't oh, know. Yeah, but Gowan's really good. Yeah, but I, I don't know what Dennis DeYoung's voice is like now, but, you know right. – Back in the seventies, it was great. Uh, I, I don't understand this question. But I'll just, El Guapo says, "Do you think most of the trades done? Uh, most of the trades are done by the trade deadline." Well, that's why the deadline is is there, El Guapo. So of course they're gonna, most of the trade. If not, they're going to have to wait till the summer. I think El Guapo turned into Captain Obvious on that one. Yeah. So what, what's what's the line from uh, Three Amigos from El Guapo? I'm going to shoot you so full of lead. Your you know what can be used as a pencil. Yeah, I, I I stayed away from that movie. Yeah. I had no interest. Uh, Asmir says also um, Umberto's in New. Is that Umberto's Clam House? Is that the famous? It has, no, Umberto's is in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, that's the that's the famous. That's where uh, Gotti used to go to. Is yeah, Umberto's Clam House and Joe Beningo. I hope Joe Beningo was not involved in the mob because he advertised for Umberto's Clam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see here. Radio mob. Um. Richard, Richard, we'll 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 talk about that on our progressive rock podcast. We don't want to go down that road. No, go down it. Open it up. Let's go. No, he just he just said, uh, um, Gabriel, Gabriel's songs better. Colin's voice better. I All think right. so. I'm yeah. going to tell you that Peter Gabriel has the better voice, but he was also the better trained singer. Yeah. Colin's used to just do background and then became the singer. And then I think he worked on his voice and it got better until he finally lost it a couple of years ago. But yeah. no, Gabriel's the better singer. Yeah, he's the better singer. And I think, I mean, remember, the early Genesis songs were more dramatic, know, dramatic and more. Uh, Stage show was big, the costuming. Yeah. It was like a Broadway show a, a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, theatrical. Yes, theatrical. That's the word. Um, Steve James, Mike, do the Leafs trade Tyson Berry at the deadline? Maybe in a deal to Anaheim to get Manson. Okay, uh, let me shoot that down because Anaheim is not interested in a rental. Right. They're not interested in Barry as a rental. If if Anaheim would flip him someplace else, Toronto could do the same thing. So, um, I don't think they're trading Tyson Berry because I don't think that Dubis is going to admit or the Leafs are going to fall so far behind that they're out of the playoff race. So I think they keep Barry as an own rental and they go for it. I think right now the interesting thing, I'm going to write about this in a, in a few minutes, the determination of whether CeCe or Riley are out for the rest of the regular season is going to have a big effect on what the Leafs do if – one of them or both of them are out for the rest of the regular season, then they have the cap space for those two players on LTIR to play with. That means they can add a rental. If they, if one of them or both of them come back, then they have to trade a player to get a defenseman. And that means probably they're not going to trade for a rental. They're going to trade for somebody with term. Right. I did. I did want to mention quickly that, you know, I'm going to the bean pot today and Northeastern's trying to three peat it. And, you have Tyler Madden is a big star for them, John Madden's kid, and he keeps getting better every year. A Canucks pick. That was a really good pick by them. We, um, we're we going to see BU with, you know, Spencer Knight. Nick Abrusizi is having a hell of a year, Mike. I told you about that. Yep. I, probably, I probably will be writing an article for uh, Elite Prospects on Abrusizi. I did just write one about David Cotton, who plays for BC and is going to be in the consolation game against Harvard. Mm -hmm. Uh Cotton, I think, is going to go free agent. I do. I don't think he's going to uh, sign with Carolina because when you look at their – like, if he plays wing, 
there's a little bit of a chance, but still not a lot, not for this year with Williams there. So I don't know if he's going to get to play in the playoffs and he would want to do that probably like Kreider. Um, you know, is he going to replace Martinuk? I don't know. But when you look at their centers, it's even worse. Yeah. So there's no way he's going to play center. Yeah, so, this is another Adam Fox scenario. Yeah, I think it is. And I think there's going to probably be five or six teams that would be after him. So this is uh, – he scored last year's in last year's Beanpot Constellation. I expect probably the same from him this year. And that will just increase the hype as the uh, season rolls on. Um. Let's see here. Adam says, who is the most likely to be in Seattle? Quick, Holtby, Jones, or Crawford? Okay, I'll, I will scratch Holtby and Crawford because they're UFAs. And I think Crawford will be retired by then. Yeah, well, he's okay. I mean, remember, the expansion draft is next June. Not, right. not, 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 not this June 2020, but next no. June. And that's why I think he's got one more season in him, and I think that's it. I think the most likely of those four is Jones because yeah, I agree with that. He's younger and he needs a change of scenery. And I think San Jose will expose him. Um, and that, you know, if they expose their starter, then, then pro that probably means that in between now and then they will sign or trade for another goalie. Maybe Georgiev, maybe he's the number one and they get rid of, uh, get rid of Jones with his long-term contract. Um, I want to mention one thing. I may have said, you know, BU for for night. It's BC, but I wanted to mention his save percentage is nine twenty-six, right? Yeah. Now he's into his first year there. Let's say he plays two more years there, then he wants to go pro. Bob, had, I think, has five years left. Then let's say he's the backup for a year. Is Florida going to sort of dump out of two years of Sergei Bobrovsky's contract, possibly three, to put Spencer Knight in there? Or what do you think is going to happen? Because that could affect um, how they sort of lay things out for the future. Yeah. Like, what I'm basically asking is could Bobrovsky be available for that expansion draft? Well, Knight doesn't have to be protected. No, but – but what, what they, said, would yeah. they want to lose Bobrovsky at that point? It's a little early in the process. Yeah. You can make a case for it. I mean, the thing is, I don't, think, I don't think Seattle is going to be, and not say stupid. I mean, stupid's the wrong word, but fiscally irresponsible enough to take a ten million dollar goaltender at thirty to thirty two or thirty. What their answer to get to the cap floor and at Maybe. least be competitive? At that point, Knight may be ready to play. He could yeah. be ahead of schedule. I think it's an interesting argument. And you could say the the one team that would be willing after maybe a year to retain salary on Bobrovsky to trade him someplace else would be a Seattle because they need to get to the cap floor. Yeah. You know, they're going to be they're going to be like Vegas was in some respects. They're going to be a dumping ground for bad contracts. Yeah. A um, couple quick ones, quick hitters, and then we'll end the show. I see the question up there, so go ahead and read it. Uh, Mark Elias asked, any chance of Cole Caulfield playing for the Habs this year? I'm going to say 1% because the Frozen Four is April 9th to the 11th. I don't think Wisconsin will be there, but even for the regional, that's going to run into middle to late March. Yep. I'm not sure he, at that point. When does the NHL season end? I'm looking that up. I think it's April 4th, but I'm looking it up. So he could play a game or two for the Habs. They're probably not making the playoffs. So it's a little higher than 1% then. I think it's 
I think we'll say it's 30% because he still might want to go to college one more year. He might. Right. Um, the final weekend is the third, fourth, and fifth of April. And usually the playoffs start the eighth of April. Right. Um, so- His team won't be in the Frozen Four, but if they get eliminated in one of the regionals, he certainly could sign and play. Right. But I still think there's a percentage chance that he goes back to Wisconsin. So I'll say 30%. Okay. Uh, quick hitters. Davy Jones, do you think Columbus might go after Ristolainen? No. Columbus, Columbus is trading. If they're trading assets, they're trading for forwards. Yeah. Because they lost forwards last year. Yeah. And they need they need. Scoring. They probably could get by with Gabriel Carlson in there for a certain amount of time. Right. Uh, the system, Carlson's a big guy. I mean, I think he's 6'2", 6'3", so that's decent size. He could plug a hole there. Uh, creepy Robsta, why has Holpe looked so bad this year? Could it be he's getting old? I don't think it's getting old. He he has had bad moments and he's had great moments. Right, which well, is before. Right, which is like the year that he won the Stanley Cup. He, he locked in at the end, and if he right. just locked in at the end here again, it's going to be fine. Right, him and him and Grubauer were sharing time. I think Grubauer had played the Grubauer started the first game of those playoffs. Right, and then they they you know they and they came to their senses and they put Holpe back. Right, exactly. Uh, Jody, can you see the Wings trading Athena CU to Colorado for Connor Timmons and a second round pick? I, I, I think that I think that would get that would get it done. That for would them. get the deal done. Yeah. Uh, I think it is more likely that Timmons gets traded over Byram. So I think there's a chance of that. Yes. Um, Bada Bing is asking quite why asking why I'm avoiding his legitimate questions, and I'm looking. I want to hear Bada Bing's question because. Funky Colts. Well, they're, 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 they're not. They're not. Ho- they're not hockey questions. If you're censoring him, then I. You know, if they're no, not they're, hockey, then forget. But, you know, he's asking you, did Joaquin Phoenix deserve the Oscar? Or I didn't um, see the movie, so I can't tell you. Yeah. Or you know, let's see, what was the other one? Um, did I see the movie Death Proof? Which no, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. So, all right. Well, so, more questions though. Yeah. So I. So I answered your questions, Bada Bing. I, I answer them with disdain because they're not related to what the freak we're talking about. Anyway. I'm a fan of the bada bang. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, so we will, we will be back. And well, we may be back tomorrow, but uh, Russ is driving back from, uh, from the bean pot tomorrow. Well, we could do a show though. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll let you know, stay tuned to my, um, to my Twitter feed to, to see whether we would do a show or not. We'll definitely be back on Wednesday uh, for another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without